Okay. Um, All right, I am recording. Awesome. Let's fucking do this. Welcome to The Grap Up for July 2023, your monthly blast of cold takes on the world of professional wrestling, available everywhere good podcasts are sold. I'm the Intrepid Traveller, I am Mark Robinson, with me as always, he is the editor over at The Wrestling Observer, he is Brian Rose, the man who handles earthquakes like no one's business, uh, John Tenter represent. Brian, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine, just... Uh... Another busy weekend ahead, and we've just gone through a bunch of busy weekends, and there will be probably more busy weekends <laughs> until the end of time. Uh, I mean, they're still all in later this month. We're now in August, yeah. so it's it's that time. Oh, SummerSlam is this uh, Sunday, Saturday. Can, can I just say? Can I just start off by saying that uh, someone, it, my my uh, my girlfriend's nephew, who's staying with us at the moment, he came to me the other day and he was like, "Hey, do you want to watch SummerSlam this weekend?" And my first response was, "Wait, what the fuck? SummerSlam is this weekend?" Because in my mind, <laughs> I've always attributed to SummerSlam being like later yeah. in August. It's like late in the month. It usually, usually, when growing up, it was like the day before school started. Yeah, um, I don't know whether that like, I feel like they've had um, this show kind of booked for a while at least. So I don't think this was a response to All In, but it's still it's it surprised yeah, this, me that it's so this early. Was, it, last year it was like July thirtieth, which I never heard of a july summer slam but yeah, they've been keeping it early for some reason yeah probably because they want to go head to head with all out i think there's a show might be a is there are they running a show that weekend maybe payback or whatever it's i called, have Fast no Lane. goddamn idea at this point i i think that might be why because they, they, they are targeting uh all out right they've been targeting that for the last few years but they don't consider them competition crucially no yeah no it's it's very it's just a coincidence that their their shows are the same weekend as AEW yeah. shows it's just a coincidence but how are you like before we get into the, the boring stuff how are you how, how's your month been uh it's just been busy with a bunch of stuff um just nothing my life is wrestling <laughs> like i haven't really even played actually i have played something but I can't talk about it until the embargo drops on Monday. Oh. So um, that I can't talk about right now. But beyond that, I haven't even played anything. I just, you know, when there's not wrestling going on, I'm just watching, like, Turner Classic movies and stuff. It's a good and, palate uh, cleanser. And stuff like that. Yeah, that's a very good palate cleanser. Yeah. So I, I just, there's not much going on besides wrestling right now. It's staying inside it's it's super hot it's 115 most days maybe a little bit lower maybe a little bit higher yeah i um so obviously on our side in europe um we've been dealing with some intense heat waves uh sort of around like yeah. southern europe and the mediterranean i have been reading i know that um in in arizona um they've had some really really intense heat waves yeah phoenix yeah like how how bad has it been for you where you guys are it's about the same thing. I, I mean, I, I hear about what's going on in Phoenix, and that, and it's like, yeah, that's pretty much here too. I mean, I, I'm about six hours away from Phoenix, so I'm kind of close. Um, but yeah, we're it's it's all desert stuff. We're all existing <laughs> in the desert, and it's like 115 every day anyway. So 
it's it's August, so hopefully it's not it's not like July. July is the worst right. month. August is kind of there too, but by September it finally starts to cool down. Then the winters are nice. That that's why we we get so many. Uh, I think the, the term is snowbirds, where they'll they'll come over and uh, stay for December and January and February, and then leave around March April. Because by by May it starts to get hot. Yeah. I mean the the only good months are like October through April. All right. Yeah, like so. for for us, um, you know, I know that a lot of people attribute um, Ireland and, and England to 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 rainy type style weather. Yeah. But even by what like you would kind of naturally presume, it's been that much worse in terms of the amount of rainfall we've had over the past two months. Um, and it's been really kind of schizophrenic as well because you know you'll see outside and it's quite sunny and we're like all right you know we can go for a walk and then within half an hour like we've had torrential down downpours and this is That's just like months but this is just monsoon weather this is just like a five minute walk across to where our park is like you know i have a park that i yeah. go and do two laps around most days but i can't even risk that that sort of half an hour 40 minute walk without um taking an umbrella um but you know, it's. I would rather that than than the the intense heat waves that you guys and and uh, Italy and, and other places are having at the moment. So I, will say I would love rain. Yeah, I I'm sure you would. Here, it does not rain often. Maybe once or twice. Oh, uh, I won't say a year, but it's like a handful of times a year where it actually rains here, and there's actually like a good amount of rain. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's not. This is not a podcast about the weather. This is a podcast about no. professional wrestling, and it is. We are going to jump straight in. Uh, SummerSlam, as mentioned, it is this weekend, August fifth, from Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, the home of WrestleMania twenty three or WrestleMania Car. Um, actually, no, they they were still <laughs> numbering them at the time. Um, they were. Yeah, this is uh, this is a big old stadium show. Uh, you know the the big shows they've been doing them at stadiums uh, last year. Uh, last year, SummerSlam was the was it the the Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, in Nashville. Uh, the match with the tractor and Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah, <laughs> the forklift. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, if you tried to get me to name more than about two or three matches on this show, I would have struggled. Um, I'm not watching, you know, Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis, um, taking in everything that they have to offer. Uh, I do jump in for anything that is pivotal, pivotal. Um, I feel like Raw and SmackDown, for what I have seen, has been all right. Um, I wouldn't say that I will watch anything and I'm like, I hate this. Um, I think that the product at this moment, while I have the, the normal transgressions around like the way the camera and the production is and uh, the, yeah. the commentary being a little bit too uh, either generic or, or manufactured, I think the product is still in a better place than it was, say, like two years ago. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's way better than before Vince retired. Uh, the thing is now you can definitely see that there is a change, though. Uh, it's it's like a hybrid to me, in my opinion, of like uh, Triple H's stuff and Vince McMahon's stuff because there's a lot more heat on these shows now than there were even a few months ago. There's a lot of segments where baby faces just get beat up for like ten minutes straight. Uh, there's a lot of 
crappy finishes. There's a lot more crappy finishes now than there were was a few months ago. Uh, but at the same time, there's good promo videos. I think the videos have actually been very strong in recent weeks. There was a really good Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler one on Raw Monday, which I thought was... There's two of them that I thought were very good. Um, there And also there's just a long-term idea of what they want to do. Triple H has a long-term idea with the Judgment Day. They have a long-term idea of what they want to do with the Bloodline. And you're seeing that play out every week. And you're seeing people being focused on. So, I mean, it's it's still way better than it was before Vince McMahon retired. But when he came back and when he started making changes, I, I mean, it's been very like a slow leak of we're kind of getting back to that thing with Vince McMahon's favorite tropes, which is just beating up the Bay faces like they're like they're nothing and these crappy finishes and uh, you know stuff like that. It, it, it is starting to come back, so I, I think the shows are okay. Sometimes there's like a really good match. Sometimes there's a really good promo or a segment. Sometimes there just isn't. So it's, it's kind of like a hit or miss for me. Like like Raw is always going to be like three hours of I can't wait for this to end kind of stuff. But uh, three hours is just too long for a wrestling show. But it's, it's better than it was a year ago. Definitely. So looking at this card, uh, we've got eight matches announced, which seems surprisingly compact for, for SummerSlam. Uh, we were talking yeah. there about, um, I think we were talking off air, um, about the the sort of kind of length of WWE shows and how they've changed uh, to be a little bit more compact recently, especially compared to like the AEW shows. Um, and I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining that we've got eight matches here. Uh, and... Everything looks fairly uh, sort of like straightforward for the most part. Like we haven't got too much chicanery, um, but we'll get into it. First of all, we have a Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royale. Uh, it was announced that WWE had uh, entered into a partnership with Slim Jim that was a very lucrative deal apparently. Uh, and so much we have our uh, sponsored Battle Royale. Um, as far as of August the 3rd, our confirmed participants... We have LA Knight, Sheamus, Tommaso Ciampa, Shinsuke Nakamura, Otis, and Chad Gable. Uh, I imagine we'll see a whole bunch more cannon fodder uh, in, in the ring yeah. come Saturday. Um, LA Knight should win that, right? Well, it comes down to one of two things. Um, do Because there's nothing sort of confirmed in terms of what the winner gets for this match. Yeah, it's just a Battle Royal sponsored by Slim Jim. I don't think there's anything online. Yeah, um, because you've got a couple of options here. Um, well, I, I was going to say, like, you could have Sheamus win, and then you could kind of rerun the, the Intercontinental Championship thing with Gunther, but they're on different shows, so they probably can't do that. Yeah. So you're probably so. right that LA Knight is is the uh, the winner that you want for this. Um, it makes the most sense, yeah. but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I have been sort of reading over the last week or two about how the company sees LA Knight, and obviously, you know, he is getting one of the louder receptions uh, on any show he's on, and, and there's a fairly... He's gotten himself over. Yeah, uh, and it's one of those things that, again, a couple of years ago, that would have probably been a, a death knell for him, but we are in a different yeah. time, so... 
Okay. Um, the, the one disadvantage that he has is that he is, I think he's like 42. I know he's in his early 40s. Um, which even like by the time that Austin in 96, uh, when he started to kind of come together, I think he was in his late 30s. So he still had a few years on, on what LA Knight has. Not to say that LA Knight is going to reach the, the heights of, of Austin, um, but you can make some parallels in terms of being crappy gimmicks, working through that, overcoming the odds, and, and you know really starting to get some very loud uh, kind of positive receptions. Uh, the downside is he's not anywhere near the worker that Steve Austin is. Um, so it does remain to be yeah. seen that if he does get to the point that he ends up in any kind of, um, any kind of long-term meaningful program, how the actual like work the wrestling comes from that because that's where he's really gonna have to prove himself yeah yeah i come like i gotta be honest i gotta be honest there's not you know if you ask me to put together a compilation of the best eli drake matches yeah Uh, yeah i'm I'm gonna struggle to find five yeah the thing with la knight is that he is not like a great wrestler i don't even think he i mean there's always been these comparisons to him of like uh, The Rock, um, Mr. Kennedy. I kind of got that vibe from him. Uh, but you know what? It's gone over. I, and you can't argue with something that's gotten over. I mean, you hear the pops that he has when he comes out. And it's like, you can't ignore that. You have to like go with it. If somebody gets over, you have to go with it. Yeah. And that seems like the problem with WWE is that when things get over... Instead of trying to find ways to like squash it, you should just like go with it. Like let the people be happy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the problem, like, like, why does it have to be a fight? The, the problem that they have, though, and it's not the worst problem to have, I guess, is that um, if if Triple H does have a long term vision in terms of Roman and the 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 Universal WWE title, and you know, obviously we got the match with Jay this weekend you figure that there still is whatever story they're telling with Cody Rhodes and if they're going to finish that story and where LA Knight would fit into that picture. And again, you know, I do bring it up that LA Knight isn't someone that you can build the company around because he is in his early 40s. And I do think that if you were in a position where you didn't have this incredibly monumental uh, title reign currently, um, you know, if you have a, if you were having someone who was on like a three month reign or a six month reign, you could be in a place where you could say, "Fuck it," you know, like we'll strike while the iron is hot and put it on LA Note for a little while and and run yeah. with that for a year or so. But you can't really do that at the moment. You you know, the the person that beats Roman no. that has to be a a big fucking deal, you know, and that and that person yeah. who wins it has to be the person to carry the company for the while and we did think that was going to be Cody at WrestleMania but here we are. It might be next year. It might be. I'm guessing that's the idea. Yeah. Um so I I don't know what you do with Knight in the, in the meantime. Now you could argue that the fact that he the fact that he's getting these pops that he is at the moment uh you could say that he's in a position currently where he doesn't need a belt, you know, like he could No. Um he could he could I don't think he needs to I don't think he needs to be WWE champion, but I mean, you can like put him with Austin Theory. See, now <laughs> I was gonna say, right? In theory, you would say, all right, look, you can't put the main belt in him, but you can go to the secondary title. Here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. I can't see 
an LA Knight slash Austin Theory match that is like over three stars. Like that that is the fucking most egregious aggressive gentleman's three star type of match I can think of. And I don't know if that would do either of them any favours. Yeah. Um I don't know. Um it's it's it is a very tough position for them because you you want to go with him but like what do you do and it's not an easy answer like the best answer would probably be theory but i don't i don't know because like you don't want to put with gunther because i don't think i don't think he should be gunther i don't think i don't know who should be gunther it's that's a more of an open-minded question um and i don't think right now he should be beating either the judgment day or or roman reigns so it's I I just think you shouldn't like bury him. Yeah, I think that's it for right now. I I think like feature him, but not like he should, he shouldn't have to win the the top titles to be over. He should just be like a presence and should be winning matches and uh, coming off as a star as opposed to let's give him the Zack Ryder treatment. Yeah, I I think one thing you could probably do in the meantime if they'd had more types of uh stipulate or environments like your king of the rings or even you know survivor series when that meant to actually mean something you could probably do things like that he 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 could win a king of the ring he could win a tournament like that he could be the sole survivor survivor series and have those sorts of things to kind of keep that momentum going where you know he's winning these big things that aren't title adjacent or i suppose they are title adjacent but they're not title specific um but yeah it is is what can you do with him in the in the long run that isn't based around the the universal title other than give him a match against roman he loses and then i guess you see if that momentum is still there with him uh you know i guess we'll see what happens who is even to say that roman will still be the champion by the end of this weekend um but yeah i I think we're both in agreement la knight is probably winning this then uh the thing is i say possibly but Oh no! I mean, who else? <laughs> like WWE, WWE is hard to predict. Um, I don't know. Uh, you you go Sheamus. You can go with somebody else. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> In the long run, I don't think it matters much because I don't think anything is going to come off of it. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszley in an MMA rules match. Uh, the quicker this thing is done, and the quicker that we just forget any of this ever happened, and this second run of Ronda happened, the sooner we can just go on with our lives. Yeah. Yeah, it, it hasn't clicked for me. Not until the, the promos on Raw. The promos that were on Raw Monday were actually good enough to where I was kind of interested in this match. Which is saying a lot because the build beforehand was not good at all. Uh, very rushed. Um, and some of it is beyond their control. But like this second round of Ronda Rousey run, it hasn't been good. She hasn't had a good match. I don't think she's had a good promo. I don't think she's had a good storyline. Nothing's clicked. Not like the first time where some stuff clicked. Um, just didn't work out for her this time. And this is probably going to be it for her after SummerSlam, at least for a while. So, I, I'm guessing Sheena should win. Because uh, she's going to be here next week and Ronda will probably not be. But I don't know. 
again, it's like WWE is hard to predict because you think something's going to happen and then they it doesn't happen. So I don't know. Yeah, I I just I'm happy for us to move on from this and and just never think about it again. Yeah. Uh, something I'm very happy to think about is Gunther versus versus Drew McIntyre in a singles match for oh. the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Drew McIntyre. It's gonna hit hard. Yeah, Drew McIntyre recently returning to the company uh, after a what three four month sabbatical. Um, a lot of people were yeah. thinking that maybe his time with the company was done, that he wasn't going to resign. Um, he, I think he still hasn't resigned yet, but it's, it's, that's kind of up in the air. But I think it was like an injury and creative, a mixture of those two. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I think he'd been in a position where he was probably deserving of a few months off just to kind of rest up. Uh, sure, Drew is scarily like he is still. He's only thirty eight. Um, he feels like he's been around. Well, he has been around forever. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy that he is uh, still under 40. Um, yeah. He, he he was called up at like 19. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, he's been around a while. Yeah. Uh, it is one of those things that if he wanted to go and do something else for a while, this is probably the time to do it. Um, but I'm sure I'm, I'm sure WWE uh, have very deep pockets and can make him a very compelling offer. So... Um, yeah. It is just about whether you know they can figure out something creative with him. Um, I expect Gunther will win this match. I, I don't feel like Drew is the person yeah. to take the belt from him. Uh, Stranger things uh, have happened though. Yeah, the honky tonk man's record needs to be broken. <laughs> like there, there's all this stuff about records right now in WWE, and I don't care about a lot of them. But like, you need to beat the honky tonk man's record. <laughs> yeah, where are we actually at in terms of? Uh... It's it's pretty close. He's been champion for over a Let year. Let me see. I, the, the, and Hockey Talk Man is around 400 days. They they split these up into two things on Wikipedia. Uh, da, 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 da. Is it here? Yeah, here we are. Um, all right, I need to scroll down. Jesus Christ, right here we go. So, Gunther is at 417 days. The Honky Tonk is 453. Three. So we're yeah. So a few more months. I would not even. I'd say like a month and a half. I think. <coughs> yeah, it's it's. It would be silly for him to drop the title now. Yeah. What is crazy? It would be. It's it's crazy when you look down as well because I'm looking at the list now and you'll see like Chris Jericho has nine reigns, but between yeah. them he only held the thing accumulatively for 311 days. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of wild how that sort of thing gets put together. But yeah, I, I, I definitely think that um, Gunther will retain, but I would fully expect that these two will go out. And I don't know if they'll be able to top... I, I, the... I, I, I can see McIntyre winning the title, but not this month. I, I think that... Uh, I don't think they'll be able to top the triple threat from WrestleMania, but, you know, it, no. a, a four and three... Do you know what? Maybe they, they could hit like a five-star sort of match. You know, if... if Gunther and Sheamus could do it. There's no it's reason possible. Gunther and Drew can't do it. Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I fucking deleted my... Why did I close that? That was a stupid idea too. Let's let's get back to where we were. Uh, next on the card. Ricochet versus Logan Paul, which feels like this is a match uh, that's been brewing since their spot at the Royal Rumble in January um 
you know, it's, it's a logical thing to do, coming off the back of the money in the bank where the two nearly killed each other. <laughs> it was just one of the gnarliest looking spots I've seen in a while. Um, yeah. This... It's kind of weird because there's a chance that this could be like the because Logan Paul has had nothing but very very solid singles matches, and yeah, I feel like some people might be kind of thinking, oh, this will be fine. But like Ricochet has been doing this for a long, like the man is a ring general at this point. Yeah, th- there's no reason this can't be as good as the match he had with Seth at WrestleMania. The only thing is going to be the crowd investment and the fact that Ricochet as a personality personality. And as a character, it doesn't have that that yeah. crowd connection it's, and investment. He's not as strong as a character as Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um, so that is <coughs> that is the one thing going against him and for this match. But I think that like sheer athleticism will see this thing through to the other side. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah. I agree. Uh, just pure athleticism. I think this should be a really good match. Ricochet... It's not the ricochet from the independent scene, but he's still very good and can be very good when given the opportunity. Logan Paul is one of the best, uh, one of the best rookies I've ever seen. To be quite honest, I mean, I, I still think about that match with Roman Reigns in uh, Saudi Arabia, and I, I mean, when put in a position like this, he usually delivers. So this is going to be a good match. I, I don't see how it could be a bad match. Uh, who do you think goes over though? That's that's the big thing. Probably Logan Paul. I think. Like, I kind of surprised. I, I just think, like, who do they want to push more? And I'm probably thinking Logan Paul. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, 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 Ricochet could win. But, uh, I think they're going to give Logan Paul a win because he's done jobs in the past and it's probably time for him to get like a win on a big show i would love that way you can push uh something for the fall for the next saudi arabia show i i would love to see logan paul get the win here and then just get absolutely fucking murdered by gunther in in a (laughs) match that'd be great yeah that can be good that can happen yeah because uh, I think he'll be back for Saudi Arabia, which will pro- is probably in like in a few months, maybe November. Yeah, they've got that. They've got the so. the India Super Show as well at some point. And the India Super, but I think that's a house show. Is it? I uh, I was under the impression it was a house. Yeah. Show. Okay. Fair enough. So I don't. Know. I didn't look into that. Uh, it's not like a. It's not like a live paper. Right. Event. Okay. Fair enough. Never mind then. Um, we'll save Roman and Jay till last. So uh, we got Asuka, Charlotte Flair, and Bianca Belair uh, in a triple threat for the WWE Women's Championship. I mean, this this has done nothing for yeah, me. Yeah, this is just a coin flip. You know, I'm sure it'll be fine, yeah, but it's... it doesn't matter. I have not liked the build to this match. I don't think Asuka and Bianca have had good matches. They've had okay matches. I don't think they've had like really great matches, like like I would expect them to have. Charlotte is is really good, but like, I don't know. I haven't been digging this feud at all. It's just kind of like a lot of DQ finishes and interruptions and brawls. It's like not doing anything for me. Yeah, is is so. not related to this match, but is Rhea Ripley injured at the moment? I don't know. They're really hesitant about putting her in matches. Yeah. It's like uh, she she's a strong presence on TV. I think she's really solidified that in the last month because that Judgment Day is a really hot act. 
but she hasn't really wrestled a lot. Like like she she wrestled. When was her last match? Like uh, she's like she beat up Natty. Well, there was a few weeks ago in a really good match. Yeah, there was that. Like the the, the last thing I really properly remember was the the Zelina Vega match at Backlash. Um, but that yeah. was more just because of the crowd reception. But it does seem like the the tactic they have with her is to do the Roman Reigns thing, which is just have a rest, wrestle as little as possible, and that somehow seems to yeah. get more over. So. Well, like, it seemed like they were building her and Raquel Rodriguez for this show, but then they kind of made her made Raquel injured, and now it's like, well, we'll, we'll give you the, the, the match when you're ready. Yeah. And again, like, I'm, I'm happy with this match to be, uh, this card to be eight matches long, so you're going to have yeah. this. Like, there, there has to be push and pull, so... Yeah, yeah, and it's the same thing with Becky and Trish. But that one, it's like they've been building that since the since the day after WrestleMania. Yeah. And now it's just getting bumped to a Raw. And two but then you say that, but then they already have already done that match once at the um, whatever the, the Saudi show was. So it isn't like they haven't already done that yeah. match once before. But anyway. This is the Bluff match. Though. Yeah, yeah. You would probably want to save that for like an actual like premium <coughs> live event. Um, but... I guess SummerSlam isn't going to be it. Um, what we do have, though, is Seth freaking Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship uh, in a rematch of the match that they had from Money in the Bank. Uh, there's no additional stipulations to this one, which I think is the one thing that's a bit surprising. Um, I thought the Money in the Bank match was perfectly average. Um, I don't know whether it, it was it, just... Yeah, I expect a lot more from them. I, I don't know whether it was I mean, just... just kind of had a mid-match. Yeah, I don't know if it was just the, the, the traveling, that they were just a bit knackered come time to actually do, like, the Money in the Bank match or what the deal was. Maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I just one of the more kind of forgettable title matches that you'll see this year. Um, so I'm hoping the fact that this is at SummerSlam, you know, it's not the first time these two have gone at SummerSlam. The last time they did it was very good, um, even though it did end up with Finn being injured for about nine months afterwards. Um so, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm hoping for, for bigger things here. I guess the biggest question is, like, what do you do with Damien Priest? Um, they've obviously been playing up hard <coughs> that he has the contract, and uh, they've really been kind of pushing that part of this dynamic and how he'll get involved. Um, you kind of feel like at some point there's going to be some sort of, like, split to some degree with Judgment Day. Um, you know, they, they've kind of teased that a little bit, but then they've kind of re-solidified the, the dynamics between them um it, it does feel like there's going to be something very seismic with this um even if like seth retains it feels like there'll be something coming out of this with uh with finn and damien priest for the fall uh that's what i feel at least anyway yeah uh i can see finn balor winning this because i think that judgment day stable is very hot right now and you got to strike while the iron is hot, and you should probably put the title on him. Uh, that might contradict with what they want to do between him and uh, Damian Priest, because they've been teasing a split between those two for a few weeks. Um, but I don't know if you want to go with the split just yet, because, it's, it's it, again, it's a pretty hot act right now. The r ratings are up. Uh, NXT ratings are up when Dominic Mysterio is on that show. Yeah, it's very clear that it's a it's a that they, they get they're over. So now the question is, how long do you want to keep that group together before you start teasing a split? Again? I guess until they, they get the the uh, NXT renewal money or whatever the the television right contracts yeah. come up. <laughs> Probably. Um, 
yeah, I can see Finn winning this. Um, I don't know who else you'd put with Seth after this. So it makes sense for Finn to win. Um, oh, Jesus, what what is the Royal Rustle like these days? What, who would you put with Seth next? I don't know. Like, who are the top heels beyond um, Judgment Daylight, like uh, Imperium? Uh, let's. But like Gunther's Intercontinental Champion. Let's have a so look. Like... Let's have a look at the Raw roster. Who we got? Who could we? Definitely not going to be Akira Tozawa. No. Uh, do you remember Dexter Loomis is still signed by this country? I have completely forgot he's employed. <laughs> Uh, do you remember JD McDonough? He had that five-minute feud with Dolph. He's fallen off the face of the yeah. earth. Yeah, it's it's kind of slim pickings when you look at it. Jesus. Another thing that I, I, I kind of brought up earlier about Vince McMahon booking is that a lot of the mid card are not on the, the on the on either of these shows anymore. It's focused on a select few people, and that was a Vince McMahon thing before he. He retired and Triple H started bringing back more people. Yeah, I, I, but... I, I guess maybe you could uh, either Ricochet wins and then you do Ricochet and Seth, or maybe like Logan wins and you do Logan and Seth and do a rematch for Mania. Yeah, that, those are probably the top options. I, I guess at a stretch, like Shinsuke wins the Battle Royale and you do that for, for next month as just maybe. like a kind of. They, 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 I guess he's a heel now. <laughs> I, I mean. Is it, I have no idea. Recent... I don't really know. He's he's like involved in a feud with Bronson Reed and Tommaso Ciampa, and Ciampa's been doing a lot of jobs as of late. So that kind of tells you what they think of him. Who, who the fuck is Jackie Redmond? She is the interviewer. Oh, I have no idea. Um, like yeah. I, you could have even if you'd have fucking actually done an effort in pushing him, you could have done like a a, a one month program of like a Bronson Reed or something, and have Seth like overcome kind of a monster type hill. But um, yeah. he's kind of lying lying in the weeds at the moment. Yeah, they're they're gonna struggle with the fall uh, unless they do like a third match with Finn. But Jesus, uh, if they do that, I think that kind of tells you that they they have little to work with at the moment. Yeah. All right. Well, that is that. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Um, well, that it, sorry. It is nice to hear some of those names again because, jeez, <laughs> so many people are not on TV right yeah. now, and uh, that's not a good sign, especially as that for a uh, three-hour show every uh, week. Yeah, for a three-hour show, uh, and uh, it's it's not a good sign when that deal is closing with Endeavor. Uh, they they're going to have to start cutting. Uh, there's definitely going to be employee cuts, and I would not be surprised if there's talent cuts yep. too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar in what will be the third match in this series, and what you imagine would be the blow-off. The biggest surprise about this is the fact that it's a straight-up singles match um, that doesn't yeah. really play into the sort of typical style of WWE booking. Like, when they do these three-match programs, at the very least, the last match last uh, match in the program has some sort of stipulation to it yeah like at least a cage match or something but they're they're not doing that i guess part of that is that they've got um whatever the fuck the tribal combat rules are did they establish what the rules for that thing is because i have no idea it's not really just like anything goes i guess so you know i i guess that's probably why which from a, a production's point of view view and pacing fine that makes sense but um, it, yeah. it does mean that, like, 
I think when everyone was thinking about this program and there being the third match in the program, I think everyone just immediately presumed that, all right, this will be a dog collar because uh, that is kind of the, the sort of Cody Rhodes staple. Um, but nope, it's just a straight up singles match. So um, I guess I'll, I'll be curious to see kind of how they put the bells and whistles to this one with that in mind. Um, and then obviously like, the big thing is, does Cody win this match? You would presume he would. But again, stranger things have happened. I hope so. <laughs> if he's going to go, if the long-term storyline is him going to WrestleMania, challenge Roman again, he needs to beat Brock. He needs to beat everyone that uh, he's going to face in the next few months. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't actually end up facing Roman? What if that was just all a dream in our minds? Uh, then, then who do you put him with? Then who does Roman face at WrestleMania? I have no idea. <laughs> Me either. The long-term story, I am guessing, is him and, and Roman again at WrestleMania. So that's the only story that makes sense based on what they are telling right now. And I'm at least giving Triple H the benefit of the doubt in terms of long-term storyline telling. And this, this right now, all this makes sense for Cody to face Roman Reigns again. If not, if not, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> if shame on me for assuming WWE had a long-term cohesive storyline yeah 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 <laughs> uh finally our main event well i presume will be the main event but who the fuck knows roman reigns versus jay uso for the undisputed wwe universal championship and recognition of tribal chief um no. so look I, I do think that the build for this has been very very well done uh i you know the match at money in the bank uh, the the reception the pop to to Jay pinning Roman was big as it should have been yeah um, so you know yeah. they've done all the things there that they've needed to do Jay does feel very hot going into this I, I the promise he's been cutting it's like it's main event level stuff I would still maintain you could have done all this and had the belt on Cody the whole time I feel like we've yeah, said that every month for about the last four months now but it does feel like it's it's worth repeating. You could be building to another Cody Roman Reigns match and still have Cody be champion at WrestleMania this year. You know? All of this makes sense if Co all of the, these storylines would still make sense if Cody was champion and Roman was not. Yeah. Because um, really going into this, if you think that Cody is still like the the end result with all of this. Then there is no way that Jake can win this match. Um, but you would also say that you would look at the way that this has been built up. That you would think that Jay has to win this match. Um, and again, I, I guess it is a good problem to have that you have these options to play with. But I do feel that the end result of this match could have been a little bit more up in the air. If, if the title wasn't there to begin with and it was just purely the, the Tribal Chief nonsense that they wanted to do. Um, but I do feel that, that there's no way Jay can win this match. Surely they're not going to end it here. Um, I would assume it's Jimmy next. He'll come back from injury and he'll challenge Ron Reigns and they'll do that. Uh, but I just, I don't think that, you know, because in, in some ways there's the whole sort of full circle cycle of this coming up going back to when roman originally won the title and and they did the feud with jay to begin with like there's a there's a perfect synergy to that and also just the fact that i think jay 
is far more a he's far more of a captain captivating performer than jimmy but also he has significantly he less duis than jimmy but you know i digress um so you, you could do a short-term program where you you give the belt to jade to help kind of solidify him to like that next level and it's always good to have another guy like that but then does that take the shine off of cody if you do go back to that next year yeah. i don't know I don't know. Um, my feeling is that I, I, I like Jey Uso, but I don't know. If the long-term storyline is, is Roman and Cody, then I think the rest of the year should be him and Jay, and then Jimmy comes back from the hospital, and they feud. And, and you know, Jimmy is not as charismatic as Jay. But I still think they can pull that off for a show later in the year. I don't. I don't know when. Maybe Survivor Series. I. I don't know. Um, and then there's probably going to be the solo split. I would assume that that happens after the feud with the Usos. Maybe somebody else will come up. I don't know. But um, you can spend the next. I don't know how long it is between now and WrestleMania. Like eight months or whatever. Just having i think it's actually a little shorter than that i don't know um but uh you can feud with the usos and then do all this family drama for going back to cody for the next uh, few months so there is something here but i think it is going to be hard to tell people well maybe jay uso can win maybe jimmy maybe solo because the, i think people already assume what the wrestlemania match is going to be and it is unlikely Roman is going to lose the titles before then. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is that is the SummerSlam card overall. Uh, I, I think it's it's a decent enough looking card. It's not the worst SummerSlam I've seen. It's not the best SummerSlam I've seen. No. Um, no. But I, there's there's enough stuff here that I think this at least will be you know an above average show. Yeah, I think it'll, by the end it'll be a good show. It's just a matter of um how WWE will book which is always how it is it's always people go out there and work hard but if the finishes and the storylines fail them then it's it's not their fault it's WWE's fault but uh, uh the these shows in the last few months have been pretty solid to okay to good it's very good so i think we'll see a good show on on uh, on saturday um okay so we're just going head to head with collision by the way that's gonna be fun. yeah well that's that's what we've got now now collision is a saturday night show uh we've got this kind of stuff going on um did they announce what is on collision this week it is the main event is cm punk versus ricky starks with with ricky, uh, ricky the dragon steamboat yes. as an enforcer yes is the is the ftr uh big bill brian cage match this week or is that next week it is on collision. Okay, this Saturday, all right. That's that's, yes. that's that's two fairly big matches. I don't know if FTR are going to be able to keep up their run of like fucking like exceptional tag matches, but they'll give it a go. I think I don't think it'll be as good as the the previous tag matches, but I think they'll have a good match. Yeah. Um, Brent Cage is good, and Big Bill, I, I like he's not bad. Like he, he's he's improved a lot oh, since absolutely. leaving WWE. Absolutely, yeah. 
He's very much improved, yeah. so I think they'll have a, a big. Uh, they'll have a good match. Yeah, uh, that, that's a pretty like pretty big uh, 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 collision main event there. Um, it's yeah. I guess it will be interesting to see up against a, a pay per view, like because you know the collision rating I'm has gone up, but it, yeah, I'm interested in that rating because that will be like because WWE is going to go head to head with them almost every month going forwards. So now it's like. How are they going to do against pay-per-views? WWE pay-per-views. How will they go up against WrestleMania next year? So there's going to be a lot of questions about that. Um, I can see them not doing well at all. But they, they are being competitive this week. They're not throwing in the towel. They're, they're putting on high-profile matches. So we'll see how it goes. But I don't know. For me, that week, Saturday is not going to be fun to cover because I have to... I think somebody's going to cover SummerSlam, and I'm going to end up covering Collision. So, at least there's that. Yeah, that's why I'm more worried about <laughs> what the rating is on on uh, Tuesday. Or uh, I'm sure goes. people will lose their fucking minds over it, but uh, whatever. Uh, sure. People lose their minds on Twitter or whatever Twitter is named now over a lot of stuff. X. So. It's X. X. Um, although Sorry. my my uh, tab says X Pro, so I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, I, I don't know if, if the reply guy has given me some like special subscription that I didn't pay for. Uh, I'm hoping no, not. I, I, I'm just waiting to give them all my baking information. That's going to work out really well. <laughs> I, I finally I got a, a Blue Sky invite today. I haven't had a chance to set the profile up, up yet, but uh, I do have that now at least. So I have noticed a lot of people since the name change. I've noticed a lot of people have been following me on Blue Sky. Yeah, yeah. That's not a coincidence, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I, I need to have a look at that and see what, what the lay of the land is, at least. Um, but, moving on. Uh, speaking of Collision and FTR, uh, the first thing that I want to talk about in regards to July and AEW uh, is a, a string of matches that Cash and Dax were involved with. Um, you had both of the uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson matches on Collision 4 and Collision 5 the the first one, which was just a, a, a you know an eliminator match that Jay and Juice won, uh, just a really solid like tag team. That was a really great. Yeah, match. I, I think people have completely forgotten about that because of the the follow up. <laughs> it's funny because it was a really yeah good match. A, a proper solid decent like tag title television match. Yeah. Uh, but they followed that up the next week with a two out of three falls match, um, that went just shy of fifty nine minutes, I believe. And, um, you know, I I think didn't Meltzer say it was the best tag team match he'd ever seen on North American television? He did say that. Yeah, uh, just like, you know, look, there's a couple of things to take out of this. First of all, the turnaround for Juice Robinson, who, God bless him, but when he came into this company, (laughs) he... He wasn't doing much. He was cold as fucking ice, and it just... (sighs) He was. We didn't know, he he didn't know where he could fit in with the company, to some degree, you could kind of say the same thing was happening with with Jay. Um, the the feud with him and Ricky Starks just didn't really do either of them any favors. No, it didn't click. Uh, but this has been, you know, just just such a quick resurgence in terms of like letting you know that a uh, Jay White, first of all, is an exceptional wrestler and works very well in North American television because people were like, hey, how's he going to work in front of like you know television wrestling? Because it's not what he'd been doing up until this point. Um, but also it kind of felt like it was a bit of a resurgence for FTR as well, because 
up until this point, you know, they've been the tag champs for uh, most of this year, but I couldn't really tell you anything of significance that they'd done during, like, their time as champions. Um, but this really felt like the kind of reminder that, oh yeah, by the way, these are one of the best, if not best tag teams uh, in the world currently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, uh, the, yeah. These series of matches in the last few weeks, uh, the MGF and Adam Cole match was also really, really good. I did have it on the list uh, as well, the, yeah. Uh, the, you you put the resume on this month, and the, it's a pretty good resume to be the tag team of the year. I mean, is there anybody else right now that's even close? Um, so like Aussie Open were on their Aussie, way, but then they're good. You know, but Davis did have the injury. But then they had that injury. They they, they were on their way though. I, I do agree with that. But then they got injured. yeah. Now they're 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 back and they're they're finding their footing and. Um, like we'll see how the rest of the year goes. You know, they, they they could be in contention. Like I guess Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owen technically are. Um, they've had some pretty decent matches. They had like they've had good matches. You know, the, they've had good matches. The, the WrestleMania match is tremendous. You, you, you can t- you, that that was a great match. Uh, you can talk about them. I think, I think in WWE by far they are. Um, yeah, I mean you can make a case for them. But they did not have the series of matches that uh, FTR had. That no, oh week. god, no, no. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm scrolling up through my list just to see if there's anyone else. But I I think uh, yeah, I mean FTR definitely would be running away with it for the moment. Um, yeah. I've got quite a few matches here with actually with Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, but I, I don't think that their the quality they is anywhere near. They're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you, you're probably uh, you're probably right because even like the young bucks, they've been like I'm looking. Th- they've been doing trio stuff. Exactly, yeah. So I, I do think that uh, it, it probably will be FTR come the, the end of the year. I, I think it'll be a one-two with them, and if um, if Aussie Open are able to keep up their momentum, which they probably will now, they've got. I think they will. I think with them, it'll just come down to like who they have to go up against. Um, but yeah, I because they had a good match with a Vikingo and Commander yesterday, and then they had the really good match at Ring of Honor. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that is is that. But just yeah, uh, just a, a collection of incredible tag matches, and which also just helps to kind of solidify Collision, um, because I think one of the things that most people worried about was a would Collision um, end up feeling like a B show, uh, and B would it just end up feeling like an extension of Dynamite? And I think that across the board in terms of the quality of matches, um, but also just the pacing of the shows, uh, they do feel they feel just, they, they feel just different enough to Dynamite that it does kind of stand on its own two feet. Um, and, and and Collision is still like very much like on a Sunday morning. I've, I've got it on um, because it's giving me a reason to tune in. And, and obviously the ratings at the moment... Uh, are showing as well that you know people are tuning in for this uh, on a Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the rating was really good last week, so I don't know, I'm not feeling it this week, but uh, I think I think Collision has been a really good show compared to Dynamite. Like, there's been some Dynamites where there's it's it's good. There's some Dynamites where it's just all over the place, and I'm not into it. Collision has been the one where it's been, for the most part, very consistent in being a really good show. Yeah. So. Now, I have a question for you, and that question is okay. simply this: Adam Cole and MJF, your thoughts? Oh. 
That's a loaded question. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I like what it's what what they're doing right now. Um, the thing of it is, is that everybody just assumes that eventually MGF is just going to turn on him because we've seen this story before. We've seen the story where MGF is friendly with somebody and they're 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 friends for weeks and then MGF just turns on them. We've seen that time and time again. We saw that even recently with um. Who was it the last time that that MGF was friends with and turned on? Uh, somebody recently. Uh, oh, uh, Sammy Guevara. Not Sammy Guevara. I think that's who I'm thinking of. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there, there's been lots of storylines where MGF's friendly with somebody, then they turn on him, or or MGF turns on them. And so I'm sitting. Even Adam Cole, at the very first segments, like, I'm just going to see where this goes. And they have done a good job of making you think that MGF, for reals this time, is actually friendly with Adam Cole. Now, I don't buy that. <laughs> I, you know, the story would actually be way more interesting if Adam Cole is the one who ends up turning on MGF. I think you can go with something like that. I think that would be at least far more interesting than what everybody assumes is going to happen is MGF turns on Adam Cole. But for right now, I don't think you should do the turn. I think I think and in spite of all this what I've just said, the the turn has the the uh the team has gotten over. It's 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 there's merch selling, there's stuff happening, there's people reacting to it loudly. People are losing their minds over a double clothesline. Uh, this is a hot act, and it's it's gone over. And it's shown in the ratings. It's shown in merch. You shouldn't drop it immediately. You should do the Bayface match at all all in. And then do whatever. See what, what happens in a month. Um, but uh, I wasn't too sure about it at first because I've seen this storyline over and over and over again. But uh, they are. This one's caught fire, and there's something going on here that's resonating with uh, with people. So you should go with it for as long as you can. And if you want to do the match at all out, then do the match at all out. I maybe wait till full gear. But there's also that CM Punk storyline going on where he says he's the real world champion, and eventually you know that they're go that MGF and CM Punk are probably going to face again face each other again so yeah it's we'll see about that. it's a case of like you've got these two masters to serve you've got all in and then you've got all out a week later so it's like you've got to book these two shows almost simultaneously which is not the easiest thing to do yeah um but it is a problem of their own doing i will say this there's a couple of things first of all it's going to be very weird for the fact that i think it was back in i want to say it was like 2013 uh, i saw adam cole on uh, one of the very early progress shows when they were still at the Islington Garage uh, before they moved to the Electric Ballroom. Um, their first couple of shows were at the Islington Garage, which held about 300 people, I want to say. Um, so it's going to be a bit wild going from seeing him in front of with 300 people to seeing him with about 75,000 people. Um, so for him, hey, you know, well done, Adam Cole. That's, that's quite the, the, yeah. the level of progression. Um, I will say this, if you'd have said to me a month ago that the, uh, potentially the main event, but at least one of the matches, the, the world title match 
on the Wembley show was going to be MJF versus Adam Cole. Um, they, I'm sure they would have had a good match, but I would have also just been like, oh, for fuck's sake, really? Like, of the stadium shows, I put up a tweet the other day about my unfortunate luck when it comes to stadium shows. This would probably have... Oh, oh I heard about that. I saw that Yes, tweet. that pro- still would have been the best of the title matches I've seen on, seen on a stadium show, but it wouldn't yeah. have been the one that would have been like, yeah, I can't wait. I'm so glad I'm flying over for this. I will say this in terms of the feud or this storyline. I'm at least more invested about this match now than I was then. So on that front, hey, yeah. good work to everyone involved. I have some level of investment going into it. It's still not what I would call like the world title match I would have on arguably the biggest wrestling show of all time. Yeah. But hey, look, here we are. You know, you're not getting fucking Omega and Punk anytime soon and whatever else. Probably not. Um, and you know, there's still potential for other like crazy matches that they all, or big like matches we can sure, do. Sure, this so. is the first of what will be many matches on that show. Exactly, so. exactly. Uh, Tony, knowing Tony, Tony Khan, he's probably going to announce like twelve matches by the end of the, uh, uh, this four week period. Yeah. So, and we'll see. And here's the thing as well. Um, I certainly know that like when this storyline started and they were doing the skits and segments and you had the dance routine and the match and the bits backstage and in the restaurant, blah, blah, blah. There are elements of that um, that you could look at and say that's very sports entertainment-y and very WWE-esque, yada, 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 yada. Um, and th- there's a couple of ways that you can look at it. Uh, the the very kind of like just black and white is yes, it's very much in that kind of sports entertainment realm. There's nothing to say that AEW can't take elements of sports entertainment and fuse it with the you know the the kind of like hardcore stuff that they do and the more strong style stuff that they do and like that is the beauty of what AEW can be is they can have all of these different flavors compared to WWE, which is purely just a sports entertainment thing. Every now and again, you get two good wrestlers who can just have a good match because they're good wrestlers, but that isn't the focal point. You look at uh, last night's Dynamite, for example. You had the Cole and MJF sports entertainment stuff. You had that fucking ridiculous triple threat match that was just, you know, a fucking wild garbage brawl. You had Aussie Open and, and as you mentioned, Commander and and uh, Vikingo... Yeah, in that, you know, kind of Ring of Honor slash Lucha style sort of tag match. Um, You know, like, AEW can be all of these things. I just think that... And I understand why people kind of... Anytime that AEW dabble with the sports entertainment side of things, people immediately go, no, you can't do that. There's already a company that are doing that. And it's like, well, what AEW doing are just an extension of all these other things anyway. There's no reason they can't bring the sports entertainment stuff in. They just have to do it better, which is a low bar to cross considering what we've had for the last 20 years or so. And, you know, look, hey, the simple fact is, are people in the crowd responding to Cole and MJF? Are they screaming double clothesline? Are they invested? Yes. I'm sorry, but it's working, you know? Like, you can have issues with the fact that it's just not your thing. That's fine. Obviously, wrestling is purely is a subjective art form in terms of how you appreciate and what you like. But the crowds are fucking responding to it. So, you know, like, it's not... Is is it my kind of bag? No. Is is it... Did I think the match they had a couple of weeks ago was solid? Yeah, it was solid. But I'd have been happy if they moved on to something else. But they've stuck with it, done this thing, got a really good tag match with FTR out of it. And I'm like, 
all right yeah like it's I actually, I actually thought their match at uh that dynamite was really good. it was it was a very very good match it was probably one of adam cole's better singles matches he's had since uh since uh joining a yeah yeah and also the wild so. thing about this as well i put out um a tweet i want to say about two or three months ago it was definitely before double or nothing uh and the tweet was that mjf and brock lesnar had had the same amount of matches in 2023 um either this year or going back over the past like year and a half or so like mjf has barely fucking wrestled in the last two years in this company yeah and now in the span of like a couple of weeks he's had i think at least like three or four he's he's yeah but you know what three or four different matches and And they've all been very good the fucker's got his working boots on you know like yeah it's uh yeah it's i i don't know what the end result is some people are thinking that cole is the one that will actually turn heel and you know, kind of give MJF what's been kind of coming to him for a long, long time, um, which is certainly one way to go. Um, I don't know if I see Adam Cole as AEW champion. I don't think that's a thing that I ever do see. Um, uh, who else would it be, though? Uh, it's, I when it comes to who can beat MJF, I, I you've got you know they can play off the Punk feud. Um, you could do. Eddie Kingston for a short reign, like it, I mean, Maybe. I think a lot of it comes down to do they continue with MJF as a face, and how long for, and how kind of much conviction they need you know? a top baby face, and I'm feeling like MJF would probably be the best bet. I think maybe more so than Adam Cole, <sighs> but I don't, I'm, I don't know. It's not like a sure thing. Either. I, I still, there's a part of me that like wishes that Paige had never lost the title to Punk um but yeah yeah but hey they have options they have options and look they, they've signed yeah, they've signed a mega punk uh, a mega page and and bucks for uh, uh, an uh, undisclosed number of years so they have plenty of time to go back to to that um yeah but yeah like uh in terms of the the wembley show uh or in terms of like AEW in general over the past month um the one other thing that off the top of my head that I think is is starting to really click together, Swerve Strickland, the whole mogul affiliates thing, out of the the gate yeah. with um, Trench and whoever the fuck the other guy was, <laughs> that uh, nails. What was his name? Um, the nails. Guy. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that that whole thing. Harlan. Uh, Parker yeah. Boudreau. Parker pa- Parker Boudreau. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's fallen off the face of the earth because he had a match with like uh, Dustin Rhodes and it was like a tag match on Rampage that just went off the rails yes. and he's never been on TV since so no. I guess they gave up on him yeah so they, they've done a, a very kind of um, it's taken a while but they, they've gotten to the point now that you've got Swerve and they brought in AR Fox which I think is a really smart thing to do with Fox um and you know the continuation with Brian Cage and, and the Gates of Agony, uh, and yeah, I, I feel like Swerve is starting to kind of like get they're, they're clicking with him as where he should be as like this kind of yeah he's not a top top tier heel but he's an effective kind of mid card heel that if they want to push up at some point they could do and uh, yeah this whole they thing did a really effect they did a really effective segment with uh, him Ar Fox and Nick Wayne yesterday absolutely they went yeah. into Buddy Wayne's. Uh, training facility and they just beat the crap out of nick wayne and wayne was bleeding everywhere it was a very strong angle yeah i thought yeah definitely 
Um, so that I think is, is working really well. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that's happened over the past month. Do I have anything in my star ratings? Ooh, do, 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 do. Oh, um, there's blood and guts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess blood and guts. Okay. All right. <laughs> that, that did happen. Okay. That was uh, here's, here, that was brutal. Here's, here's a thing. Here's a, a hot take for you. I thought blood and guts was fine. I thought it was very long. I'm kind of done now for a while with with the garbage wrestling. Um, There's too much of the garbage wrestling. If I see one more thumbtack spot in the next few weeks, I'm going to be like, ugh. And and Kurt Ibushi was it, a bit was a bit he not great. Didn't look good. Yeah, he didn't look yeah. good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Ibushi looked very old. Which is depressing because the man got, has always looked about twenty three. It is depressing because <laughs> he's he's looked he's looked so much younger than he actually is for so many years, and I am watching that match and it's like, oh boy, it's all coming back to him, which is very sad. But uh, that's what happens. I mean, there's also that thing with Tanahashi. Yeah, but Tanahashi's at least like forty seven. Like you know, yeah. fair enough. Um, but yeah, I I. <sighs> I thought Blood and Guts was fine, but I I wasn't as high on it as some other people. Um, I did think it did a couple of effective things. I thought that for short notice they were able to find a way to kind of fuse that with the Death Before the Sun match with Pac and Claudio, uh, which I thought was some effective booking to do in in you know in the short term. But I just I, I guess part of it is I was never really too fussed about the Elite BCC feud. Um, I always just felt like it was a thing we were doing to kind of tick us over till the next thing came along. And, like, I'm far more interested in, like, the idea of doing John Moxley and Orange Cassidy at Wembley than I am at anything that we've done with the Elite and BCC. I might be the only one. I might sound crazy, but that's just kind of where I was with it. Yeah. Um, I thought, I mean, I thought the match was excellent. Uh, I know Kodobushi didn't look good, but, I mean, there's just a bunch of crazy stuff going on the pock move off the um off the top oh uh, the, the, the double the, the mushroom cell. stomping to the table yeah the double, yeah. yeah that was crazy uh the bed of nails that was a crazy spot uh the broken glass i mean there's a lot of stuff that you know most of these hardcore matches don't have and they did bring them in for this match and that made it different which i like but at the same time i kind of just wish all of these war games matches, I think they, they use too much weapons. Like they are answering to uh, use weapons every time they, they, they go with these matches. And it's like, you know, some of the best war games matches did not have any weapons. Everybody just bled. And th- th- my favorite war games matches are the ones where there's just constant movement going on and people are just bouncing off cages off the cage and stuff like that and it's like WWE then brought it back and since they can't bleed everyone has to use weapons and everyone's coming to the ring with a weapon and it's like that's not what war games is but whatever uh, when did Kenny you know, Omega you know, this was when did Kenny Omega decide to be a garbage wrestler as well this he's just I know he's like like he likes to use weapons now. It's like like I, I keep okay. going back to the the lights out match that he had with Moxley at uh, I think it was Full Gear twenty nineteen, and I remember I him so. doing the Phoenix Splash onto the the exposed wooden boards, and I was like, 
is this any better or worse than like some of the the more you know i remember a couple of the the sort of like new japan matches around like the g1 i remember one match in particular with naito where those two just fucking killed each other and i was like is is this better or worse than that i don't know is is that better or worse than fucking taking a bump into a bed of nails who knows but omega operates on a different level god bless him for it i'm not gonna find out no no um, but I think that's it for for AEW. Um, yeah, we mentioned Death Before Dishonor there. I think it's definitely worth mentioning um, Death Before Dishonor, uh, a pay per view that felt like it came together at the very last minute. Some of it is like without their uh, without their doing, I guess, because Mark Briscoe got hurt, and Eddie Kingston decided. Well, I mean, he he asked to do the G one, and he went to go do the G one. Yeah. And as a result, uh, the card got changed a lot, and yeah, it's uh, well, it's a combination of that and the fact that no one's watching the uh, week to week products because there's no reason to watch the week to week. There's no reason to watch. I'm watching it, and it's like there's nothing being built towards. I mean, the the the, um, the Dark Order stuff was built up. But I still don't even really know the reason why. Uh, what's his name? Stu Grayson. To leave them. Yes. Just it was time to wear white instead of just, purple. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's yeah, as I much mean, as I like got for that, you. They are not doing a really. I don't. I don't. I, like somebody asked after this uh, show was like, "What's the point of Ring of Honor?" And it's like yeah. I'm watching these results, these spoilers, and it's like you're bringing in. This is pretty much AEW Dark. But with Ring of Honor. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like the reason that it, it exists, the one thing that you can say is it does mean that, you know, someone like Athena, she she's had one of like the better runs this year. Um yeah. like she's she she's on the best run that she's ever had in, in terms of like in front of a, a a larger audience. And she probably wouldn't have had the chance on the EW just because there's obviously only so many slots to go around. So you could say that a significant portion of the product is completely like a waste of your time but there are a few you know kind of bright sparks there and so you could make the argument that maybe it is worth it just for that uh, i'm it's not my money it's not my product so it's not for me to say um but i will say that you know i, I did think the card even though it was put together in such a fucking shoddy fashion it's probably going to be one of the better shows of the year. And it kind of feels like that is the sort of trend with Ring of Honor. Where these these shows get put together at the last minute. There's no fucking promotion. There's no uh, kind of building towards it. But then you're like, hey, that looks like a pretty decent card. And then you watch it. And then, you know, it's, it's one of the shows of the year. So it's uh, pros and cons. Pros, pros and cons indeed. Um, but yeah, I thought that... Uh, we were talking about there with Stu Grayson, the six-man uh, fight without honor between the Dark Order and uh, the Righteousness. Uh, I, f- I, f- I know we just kind of mentioned there in terms of we're kind of done with like hardcore wrestling, but I think it's nice to see a match like this with a bunch of wrestlers that you don't typically get to see. Um, and I, I, I thought this thing just... <laughs> you could maybe argue it was excessive, but I, I, I fucking love this thing. I... Seeing someone like Eva Luno in a match like this, because we don't get to see him wrestle that often, um, I, I thought that the the violence was justified. I felt that uh, everyone in this match had their working boots on, and uh, this was a, a surprise for how great this thing ended up being. This, this was really this was really good. The problem is that there was an even 
bloodier match about two days before. Yeah, yeah. So it's it had a a hard um, a hard time following up, but it was a really good match. Mm. It really was. They worked hard. They definitely worked hard. Pack and Claudio Castagnoli had what I just like to call just like two excellent professional wrestlers just going out out there and having an excellent professional wrestling match that isn't like any kind of all-timer isn't any kind of like genre defining but it's just like you give pack a really solid good match you give pack and claudio 20 25 minutes and like i you know one of the the biggest I, I don't know the exact specifics behind it. I'm sure, like, maybe one day Pac will talk about it. But, like, with the whole pandemic and the kind of... There's been this real sort of stop-startiness with Pac that some of it is... Yeah, is, he was gone for a long time. Well, because as far as I'm aware... showed up. As far as I'm aware, he, um, he still lives in Newcastle. Like, I think he's never oh. actually moved to the States. So, obviously, that causes headaches in terms of, of the travel would play a role yeah. um but then obviously he was injured this year because of, of the nose injury the nose um yeah. so it has called problems in terms of like booking him and keeping momentum with him but you know i'm 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 hoping that this is a start of him just being able to just fucking have patches because like he's so fucking good and you know i still think back to the early days of aew and him and omega and moxley and him being in the mix at the top, well, I totally think he can be in that position. Like he's, and he's still only like thirty-five. It, 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 even more so than Drew McIntyre. It's fucking mad how young yeah. he is. He, that's I'm surprised he's that young. <laughs> and I just, I just think he's such a. Obviously, he's kind of as well. Like he's not tall. He's he's quite short, but he's kind of like that Brian Danielson where the height of him never sort of seems like a factor because he's so fucking built out. Um, and he's got such a character to him. He's become such a good promo. I just, yeah, I think there's so much more you can do with him. Um, but obviously part of it is the logistics of the fact that he, he, as far as I'm aware, is still living in England and obviously he's had the injuries as well. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping now that he's back and, and they figure out something to do with him. Um, I'd love to see the, him have the run of the TNT belt at some point, but who knows? Yeah, but there's a lot. Of t- I, there's a lot of titles now in AW. Um, I don't know the TNT title. Yeah, I guess, but uh, uh, Darby Allen and Luchasaurus are kind of feuding over that title. I guess. I don't know. You you could do it. You you could do. Uh, um. Darby Allen, Darby Allen and Park, that would be an interesting. Match. I would go for that match. Thank you very much. I yeah, that would be a fun match. So uh, yeah, I mean he could he can go after Orange Cassidy for the title that he, they could do a rematch over that title. There's a lot of options for Park. It's just like, how long is he going to be here? Is he going to stick around? Because he kind of reminds me of like Riho, where Riho will come in every few months after being gone for months, and then come back and be really good, and then just disappear again. So he's kind of doing that kind of thing right now, and I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, where how long Pac stays? Yeah. Uh, and then our main event: Athena defended the Ring of Honor Women's Championship, defeating Willow Nightingale. Um, in what I think is 
pretty reasonable to say is the best Ring of Honor women's title uh, match of all time. Um, yeah. I'll give you two seconds to come up with another Ring of Honor women's title match that's ever happened. <laughs> Can't think of one. I'm trying to. Th- who did Athena beat for the title? Oh, uh, was it Mercedes Martinez? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right then. Yeah, Fine. It was. Okay. Okay. Sure. One of these uh, shows. <laughs> I think. I don't think a super card, but maybe the one before that. Okay. I. I. Uh, I. I trust you on that. Um. Yeah. But this match was just like incredible. Uh. It had the emotion. It had the work. It had the the just the the energy. Um. This absolutely deserved to main event the show. It had like an actual kind of like more than a week's build to it. Um, people had been talking about that Willow Nightingale had sort of been uh, not utilized properly in AEW. Again, there are only so many fucking spots to go around. Um, but I do think that TK has has kind of taken note of that. And uh, I, I would say probably like come final battle, maybe they'll do a rematch of this and that'll be where Willow wins this. But uh, yeah, the... This is one of those things as well where Willow got as much out of this in defeat and got over just as much by losing this match. Um, and yeah, I, I, I thought this thing was incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was a very good match, a very good main event. Uh, probably the best thing on the show. Uh, just a lot of cool callbacks to previous Ring of Honor stars. Um, very The crowd got into it. It's just as a... Um, I don't know. I was kind of hoping that Willow would win because it made sense for her to get a big title win and they did not go with that. I, I don't really know why. I guess there's a future idea for Athena as champion. But um, I don't know. For me, it's like Willow should get that big title win eventually. I know she's held the strong women's title, but that was kind of like a fluke thing. They should really build her up to a big title win. I don't think it's going to be the AEW Women's title. Maybe maybe the TBS title. I don't, I don't know. But I, I feel like it should have been that night where Willow got the, the women's title. Maybe they can build towards another match for the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view and maybe she wins. But like, I feel like you have to do that big win eventually and, and they haven't really done it yet. So... Uh, but, but it was a good match. It was a very good match. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and overall, just, um, you know, just a, just a, a, a very solid show. And uh, yeah, very easy watch. A very easy watch. Yes. Um, yeah. Much easier than the, the kind of AEW core pay-per-views sometimes end up being. Yeah. Sometimes uh, like the recent AEW shows have been good. But it's they're not easy to watch like a like this Ring of Honor show for for sure. Yeah, it's uh, un- unfortunately though I will say this, um, I can't say that I'm any more compelled to try and tune in to watch the Ring of Honor products every week. Uh, they they still have that issue. No, there's nothing compelling about the TV show. It's two hours first of all, which I'm like, why do you need to be two hours? And there's no, there, there's maybe one or two storyline directions, but there's nothing compelling. Yeah. Uh, they're they're not, they're they're not doing anything to sell, uh, honor club or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's not doing anything. Yeah. 
Alright, with that, uh, let us bounce over to New Japan. Uh, first of all, did you see any of the New Japan Strong Independence uh, two nights I in did, Corrigan? I did. I did not. I think that went heads head with a bunch of stuff and I just didn't watch. Alright, uh, I will say this, if nothing else... Um, <laughs> These shows were more or less built around uh, a pair of matches from night one and night two. On the first night, you had El Desperado and Jun Kazai making officially what I found out was his first match ever for New Japan uh, against the team of Homicide and John Moxley in a doomsday no disqualification tag team match, um, which is then followed up the next night with a final death match between El Desperado and John Moxley. Um, so there was a couple of things coming out of this. Uh, there was the very, very fucking ridiculous death match between Jun Kazai and El Desperado last year. Desperado just at some point decided that he didn't only want to just be like an exceptional junior heavyweight. He also wanted to be an exceptional death match wrestler as well. Um, turns out he's pretty fucking good at it. Uh, so you had the, the relationship between those two going into this. But then also this ongoing feud that Desperado has had with Moxley, uh, stemming from a match they had. I can't remember if it was over WrestleMania weekend or it may have been last year, but I know they had a match stateside at some point that was uh, was like a no disqualification match. And so they've been continuing on that feud, which led to the, these pair of matches. Um, if nothing else, I would say you go out of your way to watch the pair of these. Um, they are what you what. Think of what a match with weapons around Corican Hall involving Homicide, John Moxley, El Desperado, and Jun Kazai looks like. It's pretty much like that. Completely bonkers, complete chaos. Uh, the crowd love every second of it. The thing I love about New Japan crowds, and certainly with like the Corican crowd, is that they respond to the product like it's the product from wherever it is. So if they're watching Fantastica Mania, they treat it like it's a lucha show. If they're watching a typical New Japan show, they'll treat it like that. When it's New Japan Strong, they treat it like it's an American product. They chant in English. They do all that kind of stuff. And it's such a it's just it's such a crazy but cool vibe to see them respond in that way. And I feel like they're the only crowd in the world that will would respond in that way. Like I think if you had, you know, a WWE audience watching uh, a New Japan product. They, they pretty wouldn't know, even know how to react to it. But that Corican crowd is so smart and they and they know how to respond and get the most to make that product seem like the best thing possible. That's the thing about Corican Hall crowds. When they go, they know exactly what to do. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of, of all things, when Impact held, um, sl not Slamiversary, uh, Bound for Glory in Tokyo at Corican Hall that one year. Yeah. I think it was like in 2015. That was, uh, what was it, a crossover with, was it Zero One? Or... Might have been. No, uh, what the fuck? Wrestle One. Wrestle One, that was it. It was uh, uh, Muto's company, I think company, it was Wrestle One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And the audience there did American chants. Well, like, they, they, they knew what to do. They, they were chanting at stuff at people, and it was actually like kind of an interesting show. I think people back then thought like that was like going to be the last Impact show, but they got saved again by somebody. I think Anthem saved them around that time. Um, but uh, yeah, Kirk and Hall is for Fantastica Mania, like like you said, people will, will be all excited about uh, Lucha Libre and stuff like that. So it's always 
they they're very smart crowds and they and they fine tune themselves to the kind of show that they're getting and that's always that's always really fun to see um obviously we are in july and we're now into august which means we are in g1 season uh before i go into my recommendations i'll just jump to you first of all brian what have you seen okay well mine's going to be short because i haven't watched <laughs> it but i swear every day g1 it's like either i am busy doing video stuff or i just don't feel like watching or the cards aren't that good because i'm watch i'm seeing the roster for the these this tournament I was like, I'm seeing a bunch of names that are like, do we really need to see this person in the tournament? Like, really? We couldn't find anybody else, like Tom Lawler or somebody that might have been a more interesting pick. But I, I do have a few matches. Um, Eddie Kingston has had a really good tournament from what I've seen. He's uh, wrestled Shingo Takagi and Tomohiro Ishii, and those both were great matches. I really liked both of them. Um, Shota Umino and Renderita also had a really good match. I've not heard great things about Renderita after this match, but um, Shota Umino, I, I I thought it was a really good match. I didn't think it was like a great match, but they had a really good match. I think it ended in a draw. I I forget one hundred percent if that's that's what happened, but um, I think uh, I think that was really good. And I went out of my way to watch uh, Will Ostray versus Kazuchika Okada on the 27th. And that was... Dave liked this match a lot. Um, I thought it was good. They did good wrestling for a while. Then they had a hot series of, of, uh, of last-minute stuff. And I think they are teasing, like, they're going to do a draw. But I think Osprey ended up getting the win, like, very close to the bell and um that, that it, it, the last few minutes were really good the rest of the match i, I thought was okay it didn't blow me away that the match overall didn't blow me away and they gave it like four and three quarters and okada is is it wasn't that. no okada is one of those wrestlers he's <laughs> one of those rare wrestlers that wrestling under 20 minutes does not suit his style he's one of the very few wrestlers no. where he, he he has to go plus 20 to get like yeah, you know, to to what ends up being usually a four and a half star match with him. Yeah, um, yeah, but he's one of the very few wrestlers that fits into that mold. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's about all I have watched. Um, the only other stuff I've heard is that Evil is doing his, his shame his same shtick again. It's not good. Um, I've heard conflicting things about the younger talent i don't think they've scored a lot of points and i kind of feel like you should be giving them more but i, I again i haven't watched the tournament so you will have a better idea of that than than i would but i do think i do think it's time we start giving the younger wrestlers a push because the, the the ones that are on top right now are kind of like breaking down and it's kind of time to start pushing new and younger talent and i don't know if them getting a bunch of losses in g1 are like is like a great thing um i you know there's there's a couple of ways you can look at it um you know your your renderitas your um your tsujis your shota uminos 
they're around for the long haul and new japan doesn't book in uh you know like short bursts they they have long-term plans um it could be five fucking years till like yorosuji wins the the heavyweight title um and that's just the way that they've done things and for the most part it's over the past like 10 years or so it's worked out pretty well for them um certainly you look at guys like uh tanahashi and naito um yeah i guess you could have even said abushi if he was still around they're certainly in the the kind of twilight of, of their their careers now um and you do need to get them into a position where you know the younger guys are beating them and and you know someone like tanahashi at this point is teflon you can beat him all day long and he's still tanahashi um i do think that at some point you'll probably have like a very significant where like a, a whether it's like a wrestle kingdom or something where you know those guys will pick up those those key victories um it just obviously isn't happening yet um and part of that is because you do have you've kind of got like these three generations um you've got the guys like uh tanahashi and naito uh, um, and even i guess like in like a shingo uh, god bless him and ishii where they're you know they're what new japan has been and then you've got the current crop you've got okada osprey uh sonata obviously as the champ uh, you've got a bunch of guys here and then you've got the guys that are coming up you don't have to be pushing those guys right away because you do still have this kind of current crop and you need to do everything with them but you can get them into a place where they eventually will be where the likes of okada are now um but it's just the way that new japan book like nothing is done Nothing is done by accident, everything is done deliberately, but it does take time. And considering that this is the first G1 for a bunch of people, I was never expecting, um, you know, uh, a Shota Umino to win. Because partly, because I think with Shota Umino, he still needs to figure out who the fuck he actually is, because he's about three different wrestlers all in one. Yeah, um, he still needs to find that kind of uh, more of an identity. I think Yorosuji is somebody who's who's found what he, he is really fast. But yeah. Umino, not so much. But the thing I will say, not so much for, for Ren Rita at this point, but at least for Yota and, and for Umino, I think they've had very good tournaments. Uh, even though they, yeah. you know, obviously haven't done so great in terms of the booking, in terms of, like, winning, I think yeah. they've actually, they've performed exceptionally well uh, and, and they've you know, showing themselves that they're very capable at this stage. And I think that is just as important than anything else because there are plenty more G1s in the future where you can fucking, you know, like, yeah. decide, all right, we're going to strap the rocket to one of them, then do it. Like, so I'm not worried about that kind of thing. Um, in terms of this particular G1, I think that the format of having, I think it's like 32 men they've got in this, you can certainly make the argument that it's too many people and as such you've got a bunch of wrestlers in there like you know you've got fucking mikey nichols and shane haste who probably shouldn't really be in this tournament they're, they're both fine wrestlers and you know when you have like the tag league they're good for that for a g1 eh, I'm, I'm not too sure but you know you do it does mean that the um the actual schedule is way less grueling for these guys you know you're only having You've only got six matches before you're hitting the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. Um, so I do think from that aspect, this format works out really well. It hasn't actually been particularly grueling for me to, to kind of catch up and watch most of it. Um, but I think that they even need to... 
the either need to do this tournament again but have it with like six wrestlers per bracket or they just need to i don't know like have more imports or something there's a way that this can be done where this particular uh, kind of format works um but i do think that you there's just a couple of you know it's not like chase owens who i get why he's there and while they'll always he'll always be like a mulligan where they'll always like give him the opportunity because of you know what he's done for them in the past but i don't need to see fucking chase owens in, in a g1 i just i just don't like yes there are people that need to be there to take like pins but <sighs> i mean if it wasn't him it'd be fucking like takahashi so you know whatever um for me, though, in terms of, of matches to recommend, the tournament actually started pretty slowly. There's nothing really from the first couple of nights. Um, it wasn't until, for me, I got to night four. Uh, Shingo Takagi and Hinari had a, had a, a very I solid match. I did hear that was good. Yep. Um, Kaito Kiyomiya and Shota Umino I thought was really strong. Kazuchika, Ricardo, and Taichi had probably, probably my favorite match of the tournament so far. Um, Taichi is someone I've found to be super, super underrated over the last couple of years, and he... He's gone to be a really good performer. He wrestles... I've liked him much more as a heavyweight yeah, than a junior heavyweight. Yeah, and he wrestles in a way... junior heavyweight run was, wasn't great. He wrestles in a way so differently from so many other wrestlers, where, like, especially at the G1, he had that much with, match with Kota Ibushi a couple of years ago, where they just kicked each other for 25 minutes. And I fucking yeah. loved that match, and, yeah, I... Not to say that I think Taichi should have been the one to win the belt instead of Sonata, but I don't know. I feel like there's still something more you could do with, with Taichi, um, especially because he's also like in his early to mid-40s at this point, so the clock's ticking with him as well. Um, yeah. Sonata and Kiyomiya was really good. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Eddie Kingston, surprise, surprise, they hit each other really hard. That was great. Um, and I thought Jeff Cobb and Zack Sabre Jr. out of their series of matches, this was the one I've, I I enjoyed the most. Um, so, yeah, there's a bunch of matches. I think the 20-minute format works really well. Like, no match outstays its welcome. Uh, no card outstays its welcome. And, uh, yeah, overall, there, there is some good stuff to find there. If you want to, you know, if you've not had a chance to catch up on any of it, go on Cage Match. That'll give you the, the easy recommendations. Um it's not the best G1 ever, you know, like that, those like golden years, sort of 2012 to 2017, 2018. Uh, it's not reaching those highs, but it also probably means that these wrestlers aren't fucking killing themselves to the degree they were during those years. So, you know, push and pull. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, the, the one very last thing, uh, I saw the opening night of um, the uh, Five Star Grand Prix, because there's about 12 different fucking round-robin tournaments going on. We've got Noah's N1 starting this week. Uh, it's it's just insane. Um, night one of the tournament, um, Siri and Suzuki, Suzu Suzuki and Julia Soarianu, uh I both gave four and a half stars. Uh, really, really strong. Mm. Um the, the pacing of the five-star tournament is kind of wild because it takes, like, forever to be done because there's just, like, such a long break between their shows compared to the G1. Um, so that is actually, in some ways, easier to stay on top of, but also harder because you kind of forget when the next show is going to happen. Um, but as always, the big uh, uh, stardom shows, they're always worth checking out. Um, the production of those shows are great. And, uh, yeah, everyone works really hard. So that is that so with all that said i i didn't watch it 
I don't have time. I know. I know. It's okay. It's okay. I don't have time. I get it. I'm sorry. But with all that said, first of all, Brian, uh, who is your wrestler for the month of July 2023? Uh, can I just choose FTR? Because I think those series of matches they've had with uh, with the Juice and Jay White and then the match with Adam Cole and MJF, which was also excellent. Um, they are, without a doubt, one of the best tag teams in the company right now and probably in the world. Uh, there's not... There's one or two teams that are maybe in talks for that, but uh, FCR is I, I feel like is the clear leader, and they had a series of great matches this month. That that is a entirely reasonable choice, and I would also be in agreement that FTR uh, ran away with it for for this month for sure. Next up, your match of the month for July. Oh, I actually gave like two five-star matches, and it was the two out of three falls FTR match, and then I also gave five to to uh, the the blood and guts match. I thought it was excellent. really okay. Yeah, but uh, I would go with FTR and Jay White and Juice Robinson because that was, I think, a more athletically pleasing match than the blood and guts match which was a lot of weapon spots yeah. and things like that that was just a, a marathon of really good wrestling and really good storytelling and when you can make a 50 plus minute match not feel like 50 minutes that's a really 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 good match so i would go with that yeah uh yeah i i would definitely go um with with uh, the Bang Bang Gang and uh, and FTR, um, you know probably FTR's best match since the Dog Collar match with the Briscoes. Um, and I, I don't know what the long long term play is with with Juice and and Jay, but um, I, I think that you you with this you if you want to kind of push Jay to that next level in terms of like a top tier heel, um, or if they want to you know at some point do Jay and and Punk. Um, I think this is a great kind of platform for him, and it's it's definitely pushing to that that next level. And again, just FTR. Like, I wish Dax would shut the fuck up more often and just wrestle. But <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, well, what can you do? Yeah. Uh, and finally, what is your promotion for the month of July, twenty twenty three? I don't know. <laughs> I guess AEW by default, but like. Probably because I like collisions so much most weeks. I think probably based on that alone. There's some dynamites this last month where I didn't think it was strong at all. But um, I don't know. Uh, WWE, their TV is okay, but not. I there's nothing where I would go like this is the best best promotion of the month. New Japan I haven't watched enough of, and everything else is like kind of just there so i would go with aw probably by default uh just by sheer volume of content and, and how much of it i've seen um i think there's enough there to go with new japan i guess part of it is if you want to kind of merge new japan and new japan strong together um kind yeah. of in the way with like WWE and nxt um but between those two shows the the new japan strong shows and the the amount of g1 content even though it hasn't been the best G1, there's still plenty of good stuff there. So I think I'll, I will go with New Japan. Um, but that is it. That is it for another month of a, um, AEW. There's a month of the grab-up. Jesus. Um, next month, 
will be interesting because by them, uh, all in will have taken place. I will have been there live, so I'll uh, have the opportunity to talk about that and and how that show was uh, from a live perspective, which will be good fun. Um, also, it will be an interesting month because I'm now traveling for the most of August, which means that um, by the time we do this next show, I'll have either tried to catch up on about three to four weeks worth of wrestling in a very short period of time, or I will have watched none of it at all. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens with we'll that. We'll see. <laughs> Interesting next month. Then. Yes, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. Um, but I'll probably have a couple yeah. of days where I'll do absolutely fuck all. So I'm uh, the, the biggest the biggest show of the month is going to be all in, and you're going to be there. So we'll get that. Yes, yes. Sure. I guess we'll have that, and we will have SummerSlam. So there will be something. SummerSlam. Uh, there, there, there will be stuff. And at the very least, I will find time to watch the G1 finals as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll all have some stuff. But that is it until then. Uh, as always, I am at Lithium Project on Twitter. Brian is at BR26. Six. I always think nine, but it is 26. Um, maybe at some <laughs> point we'll start adding in threads and blue sky and God knows what else. But I'm not yeah. quite there yet. So um, that is it for then. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again next time for another installment of The Grab Up. Bye.